I like the man in the mascot, but not the mascot. You're watching Swamp Things. Welcome to Swamp Things. Thanks for joining us today. I am your host, Sam the Sam Tater Zettel. I am here with my co-host, Charles Spicy C. Fernandez. The spicy one is the sp me. We're not sure why, what makes him okay, spicy. Here's the thing. But another another spicy. use of the word spicy has to do with something that is kind of too hot to handle. Oh. That was spicy. Saying that was spicy. That so, doesn't make you spicy, though. No, I know. But I think I am kind of blunt at times, to the to a certainly to a fault. Oh, you're a lot of things to a fault. Let's be honest. I am perhaps spicy to a fault. Uh, hey, you're also goodly to a fault. Goodly and spicy. The goodly deacon. I don't think goodly. <laughs> I don't know if I like that because it's more like mockery than it is like. Oh, there goes the goodly deacon off to bless someone's home. <laughs> you became a leprechaun just now. I know. I took some Irish. There was some Irish in that one for sure. Your mom's family's Irish, right? My mom's family's super Irish, if you know what I mean. Those I, of you who are Irish know what I mean. I believe that Canadian American Irish people really love their Irish identity, mm -hmm. going from my wife's family. And uh, yeah, I think back in Ireland, it's, it's a very interesting country. We were there a couple of times over the years. Not, not a whole lot, but we have been there a couple of times over the years. And it was so great. Both times we went, because Mary's from Ireland, we went to the part of Ireland that she came from, and uh, yeah. Okay, we have to tell the story about how. What about how Cargill? Oh, that's a weird story. We got, we have to, we just you just about got to it, and we have to go. We're talking about being Irish. I'll tell the story if you don't want. Can, can I? I just backstory, hillbillies, as in that little movie clip with the. Uh, if you hear banjos run. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. So one of the things that's a little bit of a cliche about the hillbillies is that they're intermarried a little too closely. <laughs> that's and, the backstory for what I was going to say. It is. No, it's not. Back where we're from, in our home parish, our parish history officially says within three or four generations, this refers to a bunch of Irish families that came over together after the potato famine, which is a you know, very sad event in Irish history, tragic. Um, but within three or four generations, they came together as a block there was 20 families or so, they were all related. And we remember my, my uh, a family friend of Mary's, Mr. Phelan, who passed away a few years ago, he said- Did you say Phelan? P-H-E-L-A-N. Yeah, okay. Phelan. Uh, he said that at a certain point back in the 30s, they began sending their daughters to the city so that they weren't intermarrying too much. Speaking of which! The, the founder of Chepstow was a fail. It was failing. There you Phelan. go. Yeah. You never know. Probably related. Okay, so Sam, what is this whole thing about how we're actually like hillbilly cousins? Okay, so let's see here. All right, so the story is um, 
years ago. I think it was in 2008 or so. Would that be about right? Sure. So in 2008 or so, sometime around there, I was here at the church. Spicy C was also here at the church. Fairly new here at the time. Acting in his capacity as a goodly deacon. Goodly deacon. Goodly deacon. And the goodly deacon and I were speaking, and um, I, for some reason, I was talking about, you know, my plans for the upcoming weeks and things like that, and I, um, I happened to mention that I was going to a family reunion um, in a little town called Cargill. Now, those of you from Bruce County, you know exactly where Cargill is because it's kind of right in the middle there. Um, and if not, you should go. It's a great place. They've got the Green Ox Swamp Tourist Office there. Oh. Did you know the Green Ox Swamp? Hey, does the Osprey Swamp have a tourist office? We have stories. But you don't have a tourist well, we office. We don't have a tourist office. <laughs> the Green Ox Swamp has a tourist o tourism office. But anyway. Yeah. It's, anyway. So I mentioned I was going to a family reunion at Green Ox Swamp. Not, I mean, not Green Ox Swamp. In Cargill at the, at the community center. Yeah. yeah. And you said, wait a moment. I'm going to a family reunion for my wife's family to the Green Ox Swamp. And a few eyebrows were raised. Like mine. Like mine. And uh, turns out, well, let's be honest. The reason that my eyebrows were raised was not because you're brown. It's because. <laughs> okay. Fine. <laughs> it's because. Cargill hey, isn't big enough to have two family reunions know, at once. It had to be the same one. Right, it had to be the same one. If it's the same weekend and it's yeah. in Cargill, it has to be the same one. There's only yep. one for one. So we determined it was the same one. Mm -hmm. Mary's family, the family, the Redmond side. Um, so her dad's grandmother mm -hmm. was uh, an O'Hagan. But yes. they dropped the O when they moved to Dundalk and they just called it Hagen. There's actually a Hagen Street in Dundalk. Mm. And your mother's maiden name is? Is O'Hagan as well. There you go. Yeah. So this this um, particular reunion was for my great-great-grandfather, Thomas O'Hagan. Thomas O'Hagan is a bit of a character, like a literary character, and he wrote stuff. Oh, that's... Um, is, that, is that not where that's two generations That's two generations down. Oh, okay. Okay. The Tom, there was another Thomas O'Hagan two generations behind, which was mm -hmm. the... So that would have been this Thomas O'Hagan's grandson, right. who was kind of famous and had did some writing and yeah. some public speaking. He was a professor, a couple other things. Pretty famous. So guy. we were at the same family reunion, and it was yeah. fun. It we was a lot of fun. Start with Mass and Chepstow. It's amazing Catholics. who you meet at a family reunion that goes back that far, because yeah. you know all these people, and you've seen, well, not all of them, but you know a lot of them. Mm -hmm. your friends and neighbors. It turns out you're related to them all. Anyway, that was cool. So we had to tell the backstory because you got right there. Proud to be Irish. The goodly deacon is also proud to be married to an Irish woman. Irish by marriage. Irish by marriage. If so, you're Irish by marriage, you don't retain a lot of the the habits that you Irish might though. Blood Irish people have. I drink probably free. Generally, drink Irish whiskey. Although right now mm. we have Scotch at home. Oh well. I don't know. Who doesn't drink Scotch? There you go. What so, good Irishman doesn't? Hey, this is so exciting! I can't believe we got this far. This is our historic. Fifth episode! Five! Wow, what a milestone. If I may. What, in Italian weddings, in weddings is there like a... Probably. I'm not like a woman, sil so your I don't silver know, wedding? I don't know that. Silver's 25, obviously. Oh. Yeah. Is, isn't it something dumb like wood? It's your yeah, wood wedding or paper something like that? Paper or like or tin. Or, yeah. Give someone something made of paper and like, tin. Really, you should be celebrating the earlier ones because isn't the divorce rate highest at like two years or something? I think there are probably a few key points, sadly. 
Anyway. Anyway. So it's our fifth anniversary. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> so if you sad. laugh a long time, it sounds stupid. Are we going to have a party? No. Are we going to celebrate like 10 and 20 and 25? No. Oh, I no. think we should. We're just lucky we're still here. Anyway. That's what I'd say. We're going to inaugurate this day, this joyous occasion. This joyous occasion. episode. <laughs> Probably need a deacon to have a By reading some room. of our feedback. We've been getting some there feedback from people. Yep. Some comments. And if you would like us to feature your comments and your feedback, send us a message. Go on uh, Go on Facebook, go on uh, um, YouTube, anywhere you, you listen, listen to podcasts. To Where can you listen to this on podcast? You can listen to any any of your podcast um, oh. providers. All right. Yeah, it's all over the place. It's on every one of them. There you go. And uh, leave us a comment. We'll, we'll hopefully read it on, on, the, on an episode. So... Um, which one should we do here? Got any ideas? Start with the first one. Why not? All right. It says, The amazing phenomenon where the snowbanks get higher and closer to the power lines. This is from episode one. The longer ago the winter event happened. I think what he means is, in his broken English. Your brother, Mark, <laughs> is an incredibly articulate person. So I know, but he no. missed a word. And so what he says no, there well, doesn't make any sense. It's not broken English. It's just typing. All right. Well, anyway, it's broken English. Um, what he means is, the... The banks get higher and the and the power lines get lower every time you hear the story, which is like a fish story. It's true. Yep. One can only speculate that the reason they didn't have power lines in pioneer days was because the snowbanks simply wouldn't allow it. Good point. That's a rational uh, speculation. I think it's a there's something the right to word, that. A valid inference. A, a valid, valid inference from the available. It's a valid data. inference. Said the goodly deacon. Said the goodly deacon. Now I'm British. Said the goodly deacon. No, you're still Irish. Okay. Okay. Um, Nora writes, You got me laughing in the first 20 seconds. Hi, Sam and Charles. I rarely spend 45 minutes listening to anything, <laughs> including your family. What? But <laughs> okay. But for some reason, I stuck it out with you two. Now, that was on episode one, so she probably didn't stick it out for any more. Who knows? Anyway, whatever. God bless her. All this right. show Swamp Things, this is a, a, about us. This show, Swamp Things, featuring my cousin Sam Zettel and Deacon Charles Fernandez, is my new favorite thing online. So you know why this is very hillbilly already? Because right. most of the comments are from your relatives. I know. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a fan oh, well. and you're not one of my relatives, message us. Or, or if you hate what we're doing and think yeah. it's really dumb. It doesn't have to be good commentary. We'll make fun <laughs> of you just the same. And we don't mind if you make fun of us. No. Oh, whatever. Okay. Hey, our friend Nikki. Most of you have probably heard me talk about my youth pastor, Sam Zettel, or the deacon from my church, Deacon Charles. Since apparently they weren't getting enough attention before, <laughs> they decided to start a podcast. If you're curious about what they're like, feel free to give this video a watch. Video watch. Easy for me to say. <laughs> this video. Yep. No typos in that one. Thanks, Nick. I know. It's very articulate. And uh, anyway. As if apparently they weren't getting enough attention before. That's kind of a dig. Because both of us are kind of... Uh, Attention hogs. Attention seekers that way. Attention hogs. Especially Charles. He I actually don't know. he's often stealing the attention from me. You know who says that? Who? Remember you said about being a cynical person? Someone oh. says they're not cynical, it's because they're cynical. I don't seek attention from anybody is something someone who seeks attention would say. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I, know. I love attention. You can say that about a lot of things. Um I'm not a youth pastor. FYI. I know she's just saying that for people that don't understand any For Christian our Christian brothers and sisters. Our Christian brethren. And others. Brethren. And otherin. And otherin. Christian hey, brethren uh, and otherin. Okay, but they 
but they've been talking about this for years and years. And honestly, if this is the result of the pandemic, then it was all worth it times 10. Greg, thanks, Greg. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. We got to know Greg over the last few years. He's a really good guy. and uh, I'm not related to Greg or Nikki. You don't know that. I don't know that. You actually, well, we're probably not related to Nikki. Greg's one of the blacks, though. Yeah. So I, I'm not related to, to the blacks. You're sure? Because we might be. Who knows? I'm All right. I was hoping to mislead people that don't know the black is, that, is his last name. Family name? Family name. There you go. It sounded funny. They're Scottish. It's some weird thing. We should talk, get him to talk about Come on and talk about his name. It's some weird thing where in Scottish, the word that sounds like white. We should sit black, with Greg black. and drink scotch while we're talking to him. Or have a choice or competition between Scotch and Irish whiskey. We should have a shot every time we use one of our real names. I don't do that. I don't drink like That'd that. That'd be fun. Okay. Could be fun though. If you agree, Bruce County rocks and Coors Light is crap. You will like this inaugural podcast by Sam Zettel and Spicy C. Janelle, also one of my relatives. <laughs> what I like about that comment is, she called me Spicy C. It's touching to my heart. Oh, do you know what I like about it? Is that what? she lives downtown Toronto. There you go. Right in the middle, but she has such a love for Bruce County. Like she just loves. Yeah. She loves her That's heritage great. up here. And they come up every year for Fun Fest and Chips, though, and yeah. Hey, she's, she's a Bruce County girl at heart. Let's Appreciate leave the that. next one for our future episode. Okay. Because uh, it's about the uh, Raptors update. So we'll leave that one. That's a little viewer feedback. All right. Well, um, I guess then after that, it is time for Weird Stuff You See in Grey Bruce. Mm. All right. And today in Weird Stuff You See in Grey Bruce... We come to you from an undisclosed location, and you'll probably know why once I show you the picture. Now, what is that, Sam? What the heck? Oh, That's this is very really obvious what this is. Everybody who knows what a silo is knows what this well, is. Okay, yeah. This, uh, to, okay, to put it another, to put it simply, this is the embodiment of my dreams. All my that is the embodiment of your All my dreams? hopes and dreams. Are wrapped up in this one picture. You could summarize them in this one picture. Wow, which is to have a fort on top of a silo. Okay, well that's pretty good. I like Every it. farm kid has wanted this. Yes. Well, maybe, maybe it's just me. I don't know. So what somebody did here was they took an old silo, which are often aren't in use. Mm -hmm. They're very strong. They used to. Um, now silos now are, are built in pieces and then put together. Mm -hmm. uh, but they used to these poured silos used to be really common. Where they had actually they're actually poured concrete hmm. full of rebar and everything, so they're very strong. They're not going anywhere, and uh, they're not really useful unless you have uh, your storing grain in them. And even so, the grain, I feel like there's other better ways of storing grain. Right. I think the the metal ones are better, and mm -hmm. um, these ones kind of they have, they're poor a bit porous, so they let a bit of moisture in and stuff. So we always had problems with the rod in it and everything. Uh, anyway, this guy. Took this to the next level. Literally to the next to level. The next level. <laughs> Literally. By the way, can we pause for a second there? Okay. Because I, I'm one of the things that really bugs me. And you're doing a great pause, by the way. Is that people use the word literally, but they don't mean literally. Literally means it actually happened. It doesn't mean, wow, that was a really big deal. Unpause. Oh, what happened? Literally, all of a sudden, you paused. Which you yeah. literally did. This guy literally built a house on top of his. That's true. That's literal. Silo, isn't that? That's what literal actually means. Literal? Yeah, that was a correct. Did I use the word literally? Yes, you did. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh! What? Okay. The goodly so. deacon is well versed in literature in the English language. You're, an up, you're a leprechaun again. You speak literature. I mean, English. What? You speak English. Okay. We don't speak English around here. We speak Chepstonese. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I think I can understand it. In Chepsta, when we build our tree houses on top of our sila, we build them good, strong. We put windows in them. It has a front door. <laughs> can you notice oh, that part? Geez. Wait, I do think it's boarded over. Yes. A couple of, yes. I don't know what it they are, like has. two by twelves or something nailed across the front. I'm just estimating the height by the height of the door. It clearly has a door. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Why, why bother? <laughs> I guess they were too lazy to do anything else. Just wow. Nail on some. Um. So, funny thing, I was. <laughs> I was talking to my friend Matt about this. Ooh, he's Matt, a carpenter. He's a builder. carpenter, a yeah, builder. Yeah. yeah. And I I don't know how we got on this topic, but I we mentioned this that I had seen a picture of somebody that had put a it looks mm -hmm. like they put a building up there. They must use a crane or something. But um because they wouldn't put a door on it if they were building it up there. Sure. They probably just took a cabin and went yep. and stuck it on top. But how cool would it be to like cover the top with like some kind of like pond liner or something, make it waterproof? And then build a deck out there. Wow. Very, very cool. You could go up and like look at the stars or just sit there. Sure. There'd be no bugs. It'd be up above. It's know, true. Like, I never thought about that. No bugs. It'd be beautiful up there. So we're seriously thinking of doing it. But don't tell my family because um, it depends on them, other people. Yeah. What would you do if you had, what are you going to call it? A tree house? Silo house? Well, see, I want to build a deck on the top. Yeah. And then layer by layer actually build more floors under it mm. because i think you could get two more floors and then like kind of a basement underneath. yeah and i was thinking this, this is going to sound totally insane bear with me that's why we're here you could rent it out people would love that airbnb there are some weird weird dwellings on there that rent all the time like people yeah. love tree houses and things what if we said it was a silo house um ours even has an opening at the side all the way up so you could, those could be windows. You wouldn't have to cut new windows and get right. natural light in and that. And be your fire exit too and that. So You could call it camping because I think the regulations would be different if people were camping. Yeah. Anyway, I just think it would be an amazing little, you know, one level is kind of like the kitchen. Yeah. Um, one level is like the living space. Like the, it'd be like a bedroom slash living space. You know what this reminds me of? The physical setup there is a lighthouse. Have you yeah. been in the lighthouse? Yes, I, I have when I was a kid. Yeah. I lived near the ocean. Yeah, and you'd need some kind of staircase that kind of went either yeah, in a spiral yeah. or like zigzag. Ladders or something. I wouldn't want ladders. I'd <laughs> stairs. That's true. Circular staircases are very difficult to build. Ironically, Matt, my friend, built those one at one time for a living. It was his job. Building circular Building staircases. Building round, like curved staircases. We have a neighbor. He happens to be Scottish. And um, he was a welder. He actually used to work as a contractor for Bruce Power, mm -hmm. uh, welding boilers and stuff. Anyway, he welded like a cast iron staircase in their home, in the family home. Wow. To go from the ground floor up to the, it was like the attic that they converted to their bedroom suite. He didn't weld a cast iron staircase. That doesn't make any sense, does it? So it must have been steel. Yeah. Yeah. Painted black, maybe that's really what I thought cast iron. I think you can really weld iron. Not it would wrong. just melt? No, I think it just doesn't bond. Oh. Okay. So you got your treehouse. 
I got my treehouse. I think it's a great idea. Your dream Tell house is think. a treehouse. All your dreams and hopes and wishes, you said, are in that basically embodied right I spent, there. Honestly, Literally. I spent my childhood trying to find somewhere high to climb. Really? Yeah. That's weird. I hate heights. I, I, I would climb trees. I would yeah, climb yeah. on the silo. Mm. If Dad left a like a ladder up somewhere, I'd climb it. I used to love going up in the hay mound, looking out the window at the top of the barn, and yeah. I was always spent. I was always looking for a place that was high to look out and get a view. And this would be like a place where the only purpose is to go up there and sit and enjoy and look at the view. You could have a telescope. I yes. I believe Bruce County is famous for its dark night skies. Mm -hmm. Well, the Bruce Peninsula, not Bruce County. Southern Bruce County is not. Even Southern Bruce County, I've heard of people like around Aiton, they have these like night sky viewing things. I think Lion's Head is like the. Ontario, like a, a place where they go. There's like a big festival oh, in yeah. Wyarton or Lion's Head every year hmm. where they all we go. We should find out more about that. because That would be really a fun conversation. Yep. Could have a conversation with the organizer. Sure. Great. All right, everybody, it is time for this week's episode. Coming back to you after a few weeks, inspect your gadget. Do, 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 do. Inspect your gadget. All right, on inspect your gadget today, it's a gadget that none of us have or could have well or could have and it's uh something we just both think is really cool and we wanted to, to talk oh, about we don't today. know a lot about this but take a look i probably know more about it than you yeah for sure i can see um that. what it is th this is a very i think a very famous picture now, i've um, never seen it before but yeah you've never cool. seen it no oh okay um if you're into nikola tesla which i am and you think he's cool and you've seen this picture before. The reason this is a cool picture is because this is Nikola Tesla in his lab. I'm not sure which lab. It was 1901, so it was probably in New York, because hmm. he did move to Colorado to oh. do testing out in the in near Colorado Springs, hmm. I believe. Um, he, what he was testing was a way to transmit electricity wirelessly, right, through the ground or through the the air, right, and. Um, so this is him. You can see a bunch of coils of different sizes around the around the perimeter of the room, and then in mm -hmm. the center would be his his, his generator, his helical coil, um, which generates an enormous voltage. Like it's, it keeps stepping it up, and uh, then you have you have lightning bursting out and you know connecting to these yeah. <laughs> to the other side of the room. Um, and the best part about the picture to me is that he's just sitting there in the corner. In the middle of the room, reading or working taking on some documents, taking notes, something like that. Like he's got his leg crossed, like it's as calm as ever, you know. Yeah. And I, anybody who's um, had any experience with electrical stuff, you know that arcs are very loud. Mm, that's very, true. Very, very, very loud. Like they're they make a loud, really loud noise. Mm -hmm. So either he had come yeah. up with a way to make them quieter, or he just was a. Beast or he has earplugs. Maybe he has earplugs in. I don't know. The other thing I'm thinking about is, first of all, we didn't talk about, which is, this is like a death ray. Was this oh, like a death this ray? This wasn't his death ray, but the death ray was based on this. Oh, well, so yeah. what was the idea of the death ray? So, Tesla had a um, a vision of stopping war. It's pretty, pretty good yeah. vision. Lots of people want to want to end end war. End war. Um, so he envisioned towers that have a device in them stationed at, per at intervals along a. a country's borders but basically defend it so mm -hmm. and it got it got known as um the death ray um and i think that was kind of the beginning of the end for him because he 
uh, tried to market it to the military. They, they kind of just laughed at him. So then he ended up trying to go to a different country. This was mm. during the Cold War, um, just shortly after the Second, Second, World, World, War. Second World War. Um and of course, the U.S. government didn't think very kindly of him trying to market a death ray to their enemies um, or even neutral parties. Yeah, they were afraid that if he was onto something, it would be patented by another or made use used by another country. So, um, yeah, that's that's when the FBI famously raided his his lab, mm-hmm. took everything, all of his notes, all of his experiments, and everything. They just completely gutted it. Right, and it was classified. Though those documents were all classified until I believe 2014. Hmm. I could be wrong in the year, but it was just a few years ago. Oh, they okay. declassified all of his information. Now people wow. can go and read it. Hmm. They can read all his his patents that never made it to patent and that kind of thing. So, very fascinating stuff. I Tesla's believe, a very cool guy. Was he from uh, what was called then Czechoslovakia? I think so. Mm-hmm. It became Czechoslovakia after the First World War. Before that, it was part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. My mm-hmm. one sister-in-law is from Czechoslovakia. She was born when it was still Czechoslovakia before it split up. Now it's the two different countries, Czech or Czechia and Slovakia. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's two countries now. Yeah. Split yep. up. Yeah. Yep. And he loved his he loved his homeland, but he was also, I think, a very seemed to be a pretty uh, faithful American as well. Okay. Seemed to be pretty. Devoted. Don't know much about him. I, there is a Nikola yeah, Tesla. He was, he, was mis- he was a mysterious guy. He yeah. kept to himself. He didn't show up in public very often. He didn't have much of, and uh, I think was in in many ways feared more than uh, sure appreciated for his, his all these genius weird powers. I guess Man, lots of geniuses are like that. They uh, mm-hmm. so this is why I'm so well rounded. Such a nice guy is because uh, I'm not a genius. This is why I'm pretending to be well rounded. I'm literally no, just, well-rounded, but not necessarily actually well-rounded. It does seem, though, that when people have like a real gift for something, like whether it be engineering, like like Tesla, or or medicine, science, math, whatever it is, that there's sort of a trade-off in some ways. Sometimes sure. he, he had a hard he had a hard personal life, I guess. Right? Yeah, 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 for sure. And yeah. uh, but just never really connected. Never got married. Never really didn't really have a lot of friends. Pretty isolated. Died kind of alone, disgraced. And Edison kind of took advantage of him? Edison took advantage of him when he first came to America. Um, he started out um, on contract with with Edison, digging ditches for Edison's electrical cables. Hmm. Uh, which, if you know anything about electricity, Edison's idea was direct current, DC, and um, it required a very thick cable, sometimes like, um, like a foot thick or wider, of wow. copper. I didn't know that. To transmit the electricity even a short distance right so for edison's program to work he would have needed a power plant on every block every city block needed its own power plant mm-hmm. um, one of the inventions accredited to tesla is alternating current which is our entire the entire world is covered with alternating current sure the reason being that you can transmit the electricity very long distances by stepping up the voltage with very little loss so it revolutionized mm-hmm. the whole globe he also invented the ac motor um, he invented the AC generator, which is he first they first implemented in Niagara Falls right. in eighteen ninety. That's why there's a Nikola Tesla Boulevard down there. Yeah. I listen to the drop reports on the radio. Yeah. And they talk about Nikola Tesla Boulevard. Uh, mm. He as a test of their their the electricity they there was like I think the World Expo in Chicago. Right. Was powered by electricity from Niagara Falls in eighteen ninety nine. Wow. Don't quote me on that. I think it was that year. And it was lit up 
by, with electric lighting. It was the first major event that was lit with electric lighting, mm. and it came all the way from Niagara Falls, which is Chicago and Niagara Falls are miles away, miles away. fair distance away. Yeah, that would not have been possible under Edison's uh, technology. So, mm. but yeah, Edison kind of kept them like like I said, he was digging trenches at the start. Right. Um, I think and stole a bunch of stuff for him allegedly. Hey, I'm going to make a guess that someone watching this might know a lot about Tesla. Yeah. So if you have, you know more about Tesla, let us know. Oh, I would love to pick your brains. Yeah. Because I just know a little bit. I've only read a couple things about him, a couple books, but um, I'd love to hear from you if, you if you're a Tesla fan. I know a lot of people. I'm part of a Facebook group that's a, a group Tesla. for Tesla fans. Mm. Um, there's a lot of Tesla fans out there. A lot of people think he was really on to something with a lot of his different patents but never it never got a, like turned into anything because right. of the level he was just so far ahead of his time um they didn't have the technology to do or produce what he wanted to at right. the time so wow Tesla's death ray his death ray and that was inspect your gadget thanks sam okay dokily okay we're doing it I don't know. What are we doing now? Oh. Mm. All right. So we our next segment is actually a pre-recorded segment. When we were talking about three myths that people often hold about the Catholic Church. And uh, in our line of work, we hear a lot of things about the Catholic Church from people. Some good, some bad. So there are three myths in particular that we cover in these three segments. Myth number one is... Are Catholics superstitious? So we hope you enjoy this segment. Talk to you soon. Okay, so the three myths are, number one. Catholics are superstitious. We just believe stuff because we're told to. Catholics are superstitious. So you want to we talk about that like first? A, first of all, we do believe a lot of weird stuff. Yeah. One particular Catholic thing, I'm thinking about a story from our friend Nikki, Nicole. Um, she was at a big Catholic event for young adults in Ottawa a few years back and they had the somewhat miraculously preserved arm of a guy who died in the 1500s when we revere as a saint meaning chosen by God for a special mission and and fulfill that mission mysteriously through God's help on earth Francis Xavier and you know why he matters so much to me because he baptized my ancestors where I'm from my family's from originally right he was a missionary to God yeah. so right. there was a, they had this yeah arm and it was brought there not so people could worship it but you might kind of wonder what the heck but uh, anyway interestingly nikki was there with a friend of hers who's not really into the catholic thing but he went along with her because nikki's her friend and she like was really intrigued by the fact that there's this arm of this man 500 years ago and all these young adults from around canada are gathered in ottawa and are saying wow that's really important that is somehow um, a sign or manifestation of god's power and glory so actually are we not superstitious, Sam? What I wanted to say about superstitious is I, I heard a really helpful definition of superstitious. Oh, good for you. A while good. ago. And I, I often bring this up when people are talking about uh, whether a certain thing is superstition or whether it's it belongs in faith, mm -hmm. whether it's part of faith. Yeah. And um, that the definition it, from memory, this is, this is what I'm saying, is um, something is superstitious when it pretends to give you control. Hmm over whatever over nature over your life over the future right then it becomes something superstitious that's a great definition so it's, it's like it so it it's um it's different than a religious practice in that 
a, a, a valid religious practice yeah. in that the valid religious practice for Catholics and for Christians is actually not about getting control. It's actually about giving up control. It's about surrendering control. Mm. Like so it. if it's if it's surrendering control to God sure. and, tr and placing our trust and our yep. faith in him, yep. then it's it's illicit. Then it's OK. Yeah, it's not a um, it's not a superstitious act. Yeah. Um, and, and therefore, in our eyes, not wrong. If right. it's something that gives us the power and makes us gives us command over nature, over yep. th that thing, then yep. it becomes something that actually draws us away from God and is actually in the wrong direction from our perspective. I always found that really helpful just when you're thinking about things like um, because you will have for for people think this about the church for good reason. There are superstitious people in the church yeah. who believe that they have some kind of power um, because of something they're wearing. Or mm -hmm. like I noticed, for instance, here, I'm going to put you back up here. I notice you're wearing a nice big cross on your neck there. Yes. And it's so, a crucifix. It's a crucifix. Yeah. It has the yeah. crucifix is a cross with uh, the corpus or the, the body of Jesus on it. And. There are Catholics, yep. well-meaning people yep. who believe that by wearing things, yep. they somehow get some kind of control. So, if, for instance, they might think, well, by wearing this, I now have control or I have I have power power over, say, yep. demons or I have power over evil or I have power over the future or over power over health or over, he over my health, things like that. Yeah. And really what it comes down to is, is the power is am I giving the power to me? If yep. so, it's superstition. Am I giving the power to God? then it's actually something good. If it's if something that leads us to giving ourselves over to surrender. Right. So that arm of that good. saint, Francis Xavier, the fact that there are people gathered, young adults from around the country to worship Jesus and worship God and to come together to build up their faith. Why is that arm there? It's not mm -hmm. so that they can like, it's not like a good luck charm. It's not. Yeah, but exactly. this would be superstitious, just based on what you said. Like, I'm not going to be like a, you know, get more luck in life if I touch the arm or whatever container it's held in or something. But it's a reminder that God has worked through this one physical person. I mean, for Christians, for all Christians, faith is not just spiritual. It's a spiritual in the material. That's what who Jesus is. God manifests himself in physical form, and he continues to do that in ways that he chooses. Anyway, but there's another side to this, which is actually what I was thinking of, which is like, we believe all kinds of weird stuff about God which you could genuinely call faith, but why is that not superstition? You know, that whole idea that I think it was Richard Dawkins that said, oh, yeah, let me just tell you about this thing called the flying spaghetti monster. You could believe in that if you want to. What's the difference? Um, so I think this for me is about saying that in particular in the Catholic community, but I think this is true for all Christians who are thoughtful. We take science and reason very seriously. In fact, I think in our kind of quote unquote postmodern times, the Catholic faith, and I think Christianity as a whole, is like really big on science and reason and defending truth, facts, reality. It's like, we're not here to say, God didn't tell us, hey, check your minds at the door when you come into church. No, the opposite. It's like some of the greatest minds in history, like the, the guy who's most famous now is probably, I'm just thinking of a Christian scientist, a scientist who's a Christian, I mean, is Francis Collins. Hmm, that's who, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, like that. as an example. And he's not a perfect person. I don't believe everything he believes because he's got certain particular beliefs about moral issues and stuff. That's up to him. But he's definitely a Christian. And he's the, he was the founder of the Human Genome Project. And I think currently he's the director of the National Institutes for Health in the U.S. So pretty smart guy and definitely a scientist. And in, th in and through that, his work as a scientist in medicine-related fields or health-related fields, he met a woman who led him to faith in Christ. Okay, just as an example. 
Lots of people are scientists, are not believers, or believers in different religions or traditions. But certainly a fair chunk of scientists are Christians. That should tell us something. That means you don't have to check your mind to the door to be a Christian, to have faith, genuine faith, not superstition. Yeah. So the other thing I'd say is, you could think about this, I would say, philosophically. Okay, so a little philosophical point. If it's okay, I can throw it in. It's okay. Fine with me. In order to reason with your mind, you have to make an act of faith. Everybody who thinks, including scientists, make an act of faith. The supreme act of faith that scientists make as scientists is that the universe, the material physical universe, can be understood by the human mind. Because there's no causal reason for that in anything we know about evolution. There's no reason that evolution should have produced creatures that can understand the universe. And there's no way we can verify by stepping outside of the universe whether what our minds produce, that is science, actually lines up with what the universe is. But the whole idea of science is, yeah, the universe is intelligible. That's an act of faith. We can understand it. We can use our minds to explore it. That's nothing to do with faith in God per se, but it's an act of faith that goes beyond what science itself does. Anyway, the point is, we're all people of faith in different ways. We trust other people. We trust what science says to us, even if we're not scientists. And we've got to sort that all that stuff out using our minds. Right. And what a conversation we could have, we have had in the past, we could have again on this podcast at some point is, is order. Yeah. Right. How we, if, if we can, if we can tell something is ordered, that should tell us something. Sure. Right. Why is this ordered? Yeah. Why do we always expect that this is going to behave the same way yeah. according to science, according to physics? Sure. Well, an order is actually the sign of an orderer or a, or a guide or a designer yep. more than we think. So, and the fact that the universe has order, like you said, in science, we take it for granted. It's not something you can take yep. for granted. Science, because science can't be pure skepticism or you would never consider an experiment valid because the next time you ran the same experiment, everything could be completely different. All the constants mm -hmm. you were looking for, what are the constants that define gravity or whatever? I don't really, really know right. a lot about science. Well, they could have changed by next week, couldn't they? No. Actually, scientists are based. Science is based on order. Anyway. I believe that's Aquinas' is, um, one of his arguments. It's uh, maybe the one about chaos, or okay. maybe maybe it wasn't Aquinas. Don't quote me, but anyway, yeah, um, that would be a fun one to talk about. Order, sure. Um, so that's the, that's the first one. That's the first one. I want to say one more thing about superstition. Yes. Um, the arm is weird. Yes. It's weird that there's an arm that hasn't decayed, that belonged to a saint. Yeah. We get that, and I, I find it weird too. Um, also, kind of cool. I think it's neat. I'd like to see it for instance. Mm -hmm. um, but I think you know you're in dangerous territory if you're going back to something over and over again because you think it's giving you a result. Right. So if, for instance, with that arm, if someone was following that around and camping outside the door and yeah. saying, I am going to keep visiting this arm because every time I do, my life works out for me yep. or I feel better or my cancer is staved off or whatever. Um, I think at that point you are you're putting faith in the arm. You're putting faith in your act of going and being there with the arm, more so than um, faith in God. Your faith in God, and you're not <coughs> surrendering to God in yeah. that in that way. So, and that's why some other Christians, not Catholic Christians, worry legitimately that sometimes that's what happens in the Catholic Church. And I think that if if anything we do gives more glory to God and attributes to Him the power then as fellow Christians, we can say, yeah, that's what we all believe. Mm -hmm. And I know other Christians also believe in miracles taking place and stuff, which is pretty amazing. That's right. Yep. Um, and I think the other thing you can do is check people out based on practical results. I do that all the time. 
does this seem like a, a sane, stable person who's like genuinely trying to do good in the world? Um, I remember a friend of ours, because um, my wife and I help run our local food bank in the community, um, Catholic background, but not really practicing, not really sure what he thinks or believes right now, but interested and open-minded. He said, I noticed that the people helping with the food bank happen to be wearing crosses. And that's true. We actually don't have a Christian food bank in town, but it happens that many of the people who help out are Christians because that's part of what their faith says to do. That's just a sign, not that we're better than anyone, but like, okay, this is what part of being in this community is about. It's about serving people. So if you see people serving other people, and that could be for Muslims or non-believers or whatever, that makes it what they're doing credible. That makes it something you, you could believe and say, okay, there's something there that, that is good. Anyway. It's like it was paused again. Sure. <clears throat> I figured that out eventually. All right. It is time for a Raptors update. More about the Raptors. Raptors update. Raptors update. Raptors update. Raptors update. Raptors update. Raptors update. Okay. Raptors update. Here's the thing. I became a big basketball fan. Never a big basketball player. I'm not that big, actually, for basketball. Back in '85, remember when we sound we Look, I can like touch the cross. You can touch the cross. There right you there. go, Sam. That's a little visual effect. You're not literally touching the cross, but squishing you are. Jesus. Don't squish Jesus. Don't do that. <laughs> Speaking of superstitious, also something with the Raptors. There's not. That I can, well, never mind. Okay. 85, became a huge rap, uh, basketball fan. The Raptors didn't exist until 95. It was amazing. The city near which I live all of a sudden had a basketball team. That was so amazing. So I went to the Raptors team. And what I found, not right away, but over time, is there's this whole thing where apparently basketball is not enough fun for people to go to basketball games or even watch it on TV. So you've got to pump all this really loud dumb entertainment into the stadium into the arena where you're watching plus if you watch on tv you get all these like goofy things going on that have nothing to do with basketball so the name raptors itself when i first heard it, I thought, that's great the raptors that's amazing we're gonna have like a bird of prey as our logo but no jurassic park the first one had just come out so instead we got the raptors mascot and you know what really bugs me I don't actually hate the person. It's a job. It's a living. Hopefully, the guy is fun doing it. Hopefully, he makes some money. Hopefully, you know, things are good for him. The, the actual man in the suit or person in the suit, I don't know who's in there. Hopefully, it's good for you. But what is he holding, Sam? Can you guess what that is? Any ideas? The gold thing? Yeah. Well, it's a trophy. They won the championship in 2019. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, you got the mascot holding the championship trophy. What the heck? You don't play basketball. You're a mascot. Who cares? Go away. And that is why I 
hate the Raptors mascot. Because I actually love basketball. And this has nothing to do with basketball. It's just like making noise and merchandising. And I man. Think I think you're being a little hard on the guy. The guy? No. The guy I respect. He's making a living. He's providing fun for people. But the mascot. Yeah, you say that. Different. Do you respect him really? I do. Do you think yeah. he respects himself? Well, I hope so. Do you think he tells people he's the Raptors mascot? That's a good question. Maybe it's maybe it's like a secret. Maybe it's like a big secret who the actual Raptors mascot is. Maybe he lies to his family and tells him he's an accountant or something. Maybe he's actually another famous person who's just doing this as a sideline. Maybe yeah. he's like Drake. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan would not be the Raptors mascot. Be funny you said, though. You said the only basketball reference. Yeah, he's the only name. he's the only basketball player I can name. Okay. Well, you can now name Spicy P. I can now name as Spicy a P. So basketball itself, we'll talk more about another time. But whatever it, whatever it's worth, if it's worth anything, has nothing to do with the guy dressed up as Barney the dinosaur or some kind of like Jurassic Park related marketing opportunity, where the mascot is holding the championship trophy that he has nothing to do with. I'm finished. He's probably like, hey guys. Throw me the trophy. I just want to take a selfie. That's not a selfie, but you know, I just want to. What's that language? The, those different languages. I just want the photo creds. Yeah. Yeah. What? Is it? I didn't even look at the background before. Bop. Nord. Utara. I feel like that. Kilaga. Sanskrit. Ariwa. Yeah. Weird. What's going on there? Looks like Cyrillic and Sanskrit. But why? Does the Raptors have to do with any of that stuff? Well, they're mar marketing different communities. Oh. Yeah. But this was his Twitter. This is his Twitter profile. That's his Twitter profile? Yeah, this is oh. his Twitter profile picture. The Raptors, the Raptors mascot, mascot has a Twitter profile. Who you knew? did not win the championship, Raptors mascot. I'm sorry to say that to you, but it's true. He's not sorry. He's lying. Well, I feel sad. Someone could be. He just said a minute ago that he hates you. Not you. You but know. The character you play. Raptors mascot. I'm going to throw you a, what's the phrase? Throw you a bone? No. Oh, throw you a lifeline? Offer you a, it's like a leaf or a... A leaf? <laughs> You're thinking of the hockey team. No. The maple leaves. No, 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 no. Maple leaves? An olive branch. Olive branch. That's very biblical. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer you an olive branch, Raptors mascot. If you're watching this show... Or anyone you who cares for you. No, if you're watching this show, we, okay. we don't hate you. Um, we would like to hear your story and how you ended up becoming the, mas the mascot for the Raptors. So, if you're watching, give us a shout. We'll have you on the show to talk to you about how this all happened. Sadly for us, my friend, the Sam Tater, the Raptors mascot is a lot bigger in media than we are. I know, but you never know. you got to think uh, big. you gotta, you got to have dreams. you got to have dreams. Maybe one of our viewers knows the person... It's in the in the mascot, That's and could true. like tag him or something. Okay, I know a guy. We want you on our show. Give us a call. I know. Wait a minute. I got I got a little angle. My godson and nephew knows a guy whose uncle Who is in management for the Raptors. Who, whose uncle knows the Raptors? Probably probably maybe he's a Raptors mascot. For all I know, I don't know. I know a guy whose plumber fixed the drain. I do. Of the guy you, that here, owns the tractor here's, here's next door. For you. Remember that first episode we had the analog life thing with the 
Rush album. I was holding up like mm -hmm. that. It was about that big. So the guy who did the plumbing for the previous place where we lived did the plumbing for Neil Peart, who just died a few months ago. I believe it was gold-plated fixtures for Neil Peart from the Rush show. Gold-plated fixtures? Gold-plated, yeah, gold-plated fixtures. Wow, that'd be tacky. Okay, well, he was wearing a kimono with a picture in the photograph that they had with the uh, album back in the 70s there, 2112, so sure. It could be a little tacky. This reminds me of a song by Weird Al about being famous, even though you're not famous. Really? Yeah. Okay. You just embodied that song. I'm Knowing a guy who knows a guy. Oh, right. Who knows a guy who knows Bruce Willis. Sure. That doesn't make you famous. No. It's but called it's Lame Claim to Fame. Lame Claim to Fame. Lame Claim to Fame. I think my whole life I is I got a lame. Lame Claim to Fame. Really, really lame. Lame claimed fame. He's got a good spoof of a Jurassic Park song, uh, Weird Al. Yes. Which would go with you our friend in the suit here. Uh, there was a lot about the Raptors uh, mascot for you, our poor listeners. And next time, we'll perhaps explain why we even care. Yep. Thank you. Well, thanks, everybody, for watching this episode of Swamp Things. We hope that you'll come back, and we hope that you'll leave us your comments. Email us at swamptingspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Sam and Sam the Sam Tater and Spicy C saying goodbye. Goodbye. God bless. The goodly deacon sends you his best wishes and his blessings. He's a leprechaun. And he's a leprechaun. I don't know. Signing off, everybody. Bye. Thanks for watching.